The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are going higher, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Biaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Happy Thursday, guys. Happy Thursday. It Happy is Thursday. getting closer and closer and closer to Christmas. <laughs> That's right. I can hear the jingle bells off in the distance. <laughs> I don't have the how. I mean, I'm I'm always pretty happy. I mean, I, I have my moments like everybody does, but I'd say I'm pretty optimistic, um, and I bounce back quickly. But I don't know. I don't have the uh, I don't have the, the Christmas spirit. Yeah. What do you think I need to do? Go look at Christmas lights. <laughs> I'm wrapping presents. Oh my gosh. There you, you know, go. I, on some Christmas music. I bought I bought my brother, my only brother that's left. I started with three. <laughs> Two of my brothers have passed away, tragically young, and uh, he's my older brother, and I just adore him. He's uh, he lives in a home after my mother and father died. Um, he was uh, put in a home, and he's mentally ill with schizophrenia. The sweetest, most wonderful, and intelligent man you'd ever meet. He's got a heart of gold. Um, but I'm going to Houston to see him on Sunday, and so I'm. You know, I, um, I want to make uh, him feel the holidays and get into the Christmas spirit. So I'm going to make him homemade cookies. And I bought him like um, two flannel shirts last night at Costco and two of these puffy vests. I spent only spent like 80 bucks and they're really, really nice and real warm, you know, and because I don't know what guy. That's what guys like flannel shirts and cookies, right? <laughs> uh, a lot of people like flannel <laughs> shirts and cookies. I know. <laughs> Well, Who doesn't like do. cookies? What's your favorite cookie? Men love their cookies, don't they? And their cereal. What is up with that? <laughs> My ex-boyfriend used to eat cereal with chocolate milk. Really? Oh, that's uh-huh. another thing they like, chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. I can remember my, my brothers, Mike and Joe, they were, you know, they were uh, karate guys, you know, and they had their, what, what do they call them, nunchucks, nunchucks? Mm-hmm. What, is that what they're called? Nunchucks. They're, how do you say that? Nunchucks. How do you spell it? N-U-N. N-U-N. Okay, nunchucks. And they used to, like, come up, and I'd be a- on the radiator with a blanket over me, you know, watching cartoons in the morning, and my brother would come up and go, Wah-ha! you know, and, like, <laughs> jump over me and then spin his nunchucks and try to scare me, and I always just, just make me laugh. But but he loved his chocolate milk. He was a big they – were, they were physically – um, blessed. My two brothers were genetically just really blessed. They hardly had to do anything, and they were very, very muscular. Two Italian Irish boys, but um, but yeah, uh, they drank a lot of chocolate milk. Is the point I'm trying to get to? And it's and not, yeah. You yeah. asked what my favorite cookie was. Yeah, what's your favorite cookie? It's called the molasses crinkle. My mother invented oh. that recipe for me when I was born. We've talked about the molasses crinkle before, haven't we? Here on the show? I think so. I don't know. I think last year we did. And it's like a secret family recipe. Am I getting you mixed up with some other um, radio guy named Jerry? It is indeed a secret (laughs) family recipe. I knew it. Okay, we've had this conversation before. And nobody wrote it down. Is that right? No, it was written down. Oh, but it it got lost. It it was written down (laughs) twice. One of which was in my mother's collective works of recipes. 
that she had cut out and the ones that she had created herself. There was a green box that had all of it in there and then one of those big mm-hmm. Betty Crocker binder books. Uh-huh. And oh members of my adoptive family took all of that when she died. They came in and took everything, didn't give me any of the stuff that was supposed to be left to me. One of those things was supposed to be the cookie recipe. Wow. It wasn't until I found a box full of uh, stuff from my childhood from when I was in kindergarten we did this project where the parents and the kids did a project together, and it was a cookbook. And the mm-hmm. only time my mother ever let the recipe out was when she put it in that cookbook that one time when I was in kindergarten back in this. So <laughs> it's not the full recipe. There were tweaks and stuff that she did to it afterwards. Oh, yeah. That were on oh, the yeah. official recipe card that was in the green book, which when I got the green, that recipe was not in there, along with a couple other secret things, um, you know, family recipes. Mm-hmm. But another very good friend of mine who I met on the Russ Martin show was a chef. And I was like, if you can figure this out, man, I will let you have the recipe. And he figured it out. He recreated them absolutely perfectly. Wow. So and are you are you're going to tell us a secret ingredient and you're going to make us some for Christmas? And yes, you're going to uh, make us I, some. I don't bake. <laughs> In your spare time. I don't no. bake. <laughs> you don't then bake. Why did you want the recipe? Because yeah. it's my cookie recipe. It's mine. It was made just for you. Yes. And you're not going to tell us a secret. And I and I since have given it to uh well I've since shown it to Katie and she has also figured out how to replicate it. Okay. So, well, I have a my secret. family recipe is back with me. It's safe, and I get my molasses crinkles at Christmas. Well, if you'll share it with me, I'll share you with you a recipe that I have. That was um, a, a Dean. It is a Dean Faring uh, recipe for macaroni and cheese. Okay, it's to die for. Uh, Dean Faring gave it to myself and my and uh, and my former husband when we had a big uh, we had a big wing stop. A Christmas party, as a matter of fact, I think at the mansion at Turtle Creek um, when when we first started our franchising. Uh, and um, it's to die for. So how about we do a switcheroo? I'll give you my recipe or his recipe, and you give me yours. Now, wait a minute, you guys. <laughs> I want the actual food item. <laughs> I have a family recipe, the best chocolate chip cookies ever. Except, you know, I think there's a... Water, the water makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. Like, no. I cannot make them. Oh, like the boiling water. That is a... What's, what, how does that chemically... You might know this, Jer. Uh, you know, you can do that with a cake. The best chocolate... That recipe you gave me for the best chocolate cake, mm-hmm. I made it for Jerry for his birthday. You remember, Jer, how good that was? Yes. That had boiling water in it. And it, and and it, it cooled it, off since I yeah. got since you brought oh, yeah. it to me. Yeah, but it but it got all spongy and it, it, like puffed it all up. You know, it made it real. It made it real moist too. So mm-hmm. I bet that's what is that the secret to the molasses crinkle cookie, Jer? Sure. <laughs> I love family recipes. There's so many things that I re- remind me of going to Chicago and oh, coffee cake and oh yeah, cream puffs and oh Chicago. Yeah, you have book. you have an aunt that lives on Chicago on uh, Chica- uh, oh Michigan Michigan uh-huh. Avenue Michigan right on right on the water. She's really rich. No, I don't know. If oh. she is or not. Uh. <laughs> All the rich folks live, but uh, you know, right on the well, right it's expensive on the water. Well, shovel yourself out of snow six months out of the year. My other aunt oh, that we grew yeah. up 
going to see her on Lakeshore Drive. Oh, now, now that. Yeah. Lakeshore. I remember the first time I saw Lakeshore Drive <laughs> and I was at the uh, restaurant, uh, the restaurant news, I think it was convention in Chicago. And um, uh, it was it was in, I was like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. It's like going yes. back in time. Have you ever seen it, Jerry? Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. And Christmas I time. I have not. I've never been to incredible. Chicago. Oh, wow. It's, uh, yeah, Chicago's a great, it's a great, it's my kind of town. I've only, <laughs> been to, I've only ever been to a handful of states and two Damn, foreign I'm countries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, uh, how about if I trade my famous Aunt Clara and Aunt Rena's recipe for chocolate meatball cookies, Italian chocolate meatball cookies, and I'll even chocolate throw chocolate meatball chocolate cookies. meatball cookies, and I'll even throw in my the serpente uh, cookie, the anise serpente cookie. What do you think? Anise. A- anise. Are those Anna's? Yeah, I say Anna's. I think I would. You can just say licorice. Everybody will understand what that means if you say licorice. No, 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 no. Anna's, Anaset, Anaset is. uh, I love it, and I love fennel too. A lot of people don't like fennel. That's that's the Anna's is the flavor they use for licorice. Are your are your cookies the molasses ginger? Pretty much ginger snaps. Do they look like ginger snaps? They do not. Where I know exactly they? the cookie you're talking about, Jerry, and uh, you know why? Because that's kind of like an old southern, I'm almost going to say kind of like a East Mesquite or a East Dallas Mesquite kind of, all those women shared recipes and shared ideas. And I think uh, they do that all over. They do. No, <laughs> they do. Um, I've, what's that Bell's cook- cookbook for the, uh, oh my gosh, the Highland Park Bell's? I had Uh-oh. a cookbook years ago. Mine uh, got ruined. I had to throw it out recently. Uh, it's a long story. I think but every group, every women's group, or yeah. even men, sometime come up with a cookbook. Oh, yeah. And some of the old recipes are hysterical because they all have Crisco in them, right? Oh, my Crisco, gosh. Crisco, oh, yeah. Crisco. Wonderful Crisco. <laughs> and Worcestershire. <laughs> I'm on board with Worcestershire. <laughs> I love this yeah. conversation. The it's old recipes are like, oh, they're just so bad. The ingredients, but they're so. I love seventies well, food. How, well, that's how uh, everybody got so ill is from eating all that seventies crap food and recipes. And oh my gosh, you know, uh, clean eating is so. Uh, l- l- what did I have last night? So last night I went to Costco. I got my brother those things, and I got some. I normally don't get anything that's pre-marinated, but they didn't have any halibut, so I got the salmon. And I brought it home, and I had one little piece of marinated salmon, and I chopped up a couple of sweet potatoes I had left and baked them uh, on the same pan but individually on parchment paper, which I almost didn't do, Jerry, after our discussion last week, right? Because we discovered not only is aluminum foil really not that great, neither is parchment paper, but anyway... Uh, and it was such a it was such a good, nutritious, simple dinner. And what I'm getting to is it's less is more, whether it's what you how you dress, you know, not always. But I mean, you can be you can be trendy or be very stylish. But typically less is more, we, even when it comes to cooking, house design, cookies, you name it. Less is more. Mm. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, you can get more done if you're. If you're doing less, if you have less stuff in the way, less things to clean yeah. up afterwards, less yeah. stuff to do in between. I like a clean house. I like a, a you know, uh, not I, I, I you know, I, I am very uh, sentimental. So I have little like in my kitchen. You, if you ever come over, you'll see that 
you know, I have little things that Nick that Nick. maybe could be you'd say, oh, it's kind of cluttered, but it's not because it's very um, it's very intentional what's on that shelf. And I have one for each of my girls with like little favorite things from their childhood that kind of are just kind of magical and look really pretty. I don't know how to explain it, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just kind of sweet. <laughs> <laughs> like Marie, go. <laughs> we're going to go to break. We've got a great show uh, today. Uh, let me tell you who's on. You're going to love it. This is really good content and much needed. Stress during the holidays and strategies to heal your heal your mind with Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. He's been on the show before. He's a board certified psychiatrist, mental health writer, and author of The Self-Healing Mind, an essential five-step practice to overcoming anxiety and depression and revitalizing your life. So stay Stay tuned, everyone. More coming up uh, right after the break. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, barricade. We've all heard the mantra that vaccines are safe and effective, but is it really true? Turtles All the Way Down, Vaccine Science and Myth is an in-depth review and analysis of the science on vaccine safety. By the time you finish reading, not only will you see the answer clearly for yourself, you will also have the scientific references and quotes at your disposal that prove it. More than 1,200 of them. From mainstream scientific papers and textbooks to official government publications and vaccine manufacturers' documents. Whether you are new to the vaccine debate or a veteran seeking a deeper grasp of the science, Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is a must-read. Now available on Amazon. Magnesium supports the health of nearly every system in the human body, yet it can be difficult to maintain healthy levels through diet or supplements. The ideal way to restore and maintain healthy magnesium levels is through your body's largest, most efficient organ of absorption, your skin. Be sure that your body is getting the magnesium it needs with Ancient Minerals, the number one recommended topical magnesium among health practitioners worldwide. Their lotions, highly concentrated magnesium oils, bath salts and gels make it easy to get the daily magnesium you need to thrive. And the best part? Ancient Minerals is part of Enviromedica, a name synonymous with quality and integrity. Learn more about magnesium and ancient minerals at Enviromedica.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. All right. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. And I just want to remind everyone, if you miss the broadcast, you can you can always go back and listen to the broadcast, um, the podcast after the broadcast on any of your favorite podcast apps or at iHeart, uh, iHeart.com or, I, or OneLifeRadio.com. So always 
know that. We've got a great show today. We are, have the honor of having Dr. Gregory Scott Brown back. He is a board-certified psychiatrist, mental health writer, and author of The Self-Healing Mind, an essential five-step practice to overcoming anxiety and depression and revitalizing your life. Uh, Dr. Greg's mission is to change the way um, that we talk and think about mental health, and that starts with having candid conversations about how mental health affects the way we work, the way we live, and the way we love. You can find Dr. Gregory Scott Brown at gregoryscottbrown.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Gregory S. Brown, MD. Such an honor and a pleasure to have you back. Welcome, Dr. Brown. Thank you, Bernadette, for having me. Yeah, this is a very, and you're welcome. This is a very important subject to me. I just feel that uh, that labels hurt and that we uh, we need to have a, a, a more open mind about mental illness and what that means and um, just open our hearts and our minds to this conversation because there is a lot of stress in life and there's a lot of stress, especially during the holidays, but your book offers strategies to heal your mind. So let's talk about it. How does our mental health affect the way we work, live in love, and also the way we handle stress, especially around the holidays, Dr. Brown? Well, I'll tell you, it's so important. And again, I'm just so happy that we're having this conversation today because too often, Bernadette, mental health is one of those things that we're thinking about, but we're not talking about it nearly enough. And I'll tell you that in the United States alone, there are over 140 suicides on average every single day. Uh, 40 million plus Americans are struggling with uh, anxiety, depression, not too far behind. So uh, it's important that regardless of whether or not you've been diagnosed with a mental illness like anxiety or depression, to realize that um, your mental health is, is critically important. It's just as important as your physical health. Mm-hmm. You know, this uh, this is not something I, I planned on asking you, but through the conversation I'm going to ask you, it just popped into my head. What percentage of people out there that get diagnosed, if you will, um, from the DSM or the DSM? Is it five now, right? There's five. Is it the DSM? DSM five. That's right. DSM five. Mm-hmm. Right. How many of them are misdiagnosed? Do you think? I, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't have a solid number on that, but I'll tell you uh, some statistics here. So, um, women tend to be diagnosed with depression about twice as often as men are. Uh, yet, we see suicide rates among men being three to four times the rate. Of women. Now, the reason why I bring that up is to suggest that there are a lot of people out there that just aren't talking about it, right? And so mm-hmm. um, it's easy to consider that a lot of people are struggling with anxiety or depression, ADHD, PTSD, any uh, mental illness for that matter, uh, just are not being diagnosed. Yeah, I mean, think about Robin Williams. Who would have who would have ever? Sure. I know he did suffer from depression. I learned that after he passed. But who would have expected someone like him or um, Kate Spade? Oh my gosh! Sure. The, or sure. or uh, what's the the chef? The Bourdain. Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Right. Anthony Bourdain. Who right. Would have Anthony ever... Bourdain. And 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 last year, I'll tell you. I mean, it's it's almost a year, just about a year since we saw, um, since we learned about the the tragic death of DJ uh, Twitch. Um, right. who was uh, the DJ for, for Ellen DeGeneres. So, uh, again, I mean, this, this idea that uh, mental health and mental illness is only something that people uh, who are actively seeing a psychiatrist, um, you know, should, should uh, champion or pay attention to is just uh, not the case. I mean, mental health is something that uh, we all need to be paying attention to. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, I especially have... Um, 
an empathy uh, for an empathetic heart, like a big heart for it, because I grew up with a brother that was schizophrenic. And I don't know if you heard the opening, but Dr. Brown, he is the most amazing man. He's he's uh, so kind and so intelligent, but he's got schizophrenia. And um, he's been really good for many, many years. They, they got him on uh, several medications um, that really helped. Uh, and plus, he was more violent uh, when he was younger. And that, you know, as he grew older, that changed uh, as well. Probably some of it even hormonal, you know. Um, but um, why are so many of us suffering from mental health issues today? What is going on in our world, do you think, that is causing such yeah. a surge? Well, you know, I, I honestly don't believe that more people are struggling with mental illness today than in years past. I mean, they're, they're definitely unique challenges to our time. I mean, social media uh, is a big issue. We're comparing ourselves to others. Uh, recovering from uh, the COVID pandemic where uh, we saw an increase in people feeling isolated and, and lonely. Uh, there's a loneliness epidemic. Uh, in this country right now and perhaps around the world uh, that the United States Surgeon General is, is paying a lot of uh, attentioning, attention to with his uh, messaging. But I'll tell you, Bernadette, uh, I'm encouraged by the fact that more people are talking about mental health these days than in years past. So uh, whereas in years past, maybe someone was struggling with loneliness or feeling depressed and they weren't talking about it, today we're talking about it. So it gives that perception that more people are, are struggling with it. Mm -hmm. You know, last night I was watching some uh, Jerry Seinfeld reruns. Uh, I, I always mm -hmm. do. They, they make me laugh. They're funny. But yeah. one of the things that really <laughs> struck me, I, I love Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. I've actually seen him perform before. Great guy. And um, anyway, so I was, I'm watching it last night, and it was an episode where Kramer was accused of being um, a, a, a murderer or a, a what do you call mm. it? Um, uh, what's it? You know, when someone is a... Like famous for murdering, they did their they, serial, they, yeah, killer? like a serial. Yes, thank you, a serial killer. But 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 in the episode, it's funny because they're like, you know, um, I, we got to get on the phone, we got to call, you know, call this place and call that place, and then they had to drive over there, and they're like, where is it? I don't know, you know. Uh, and it's just, but the the whole point of me bringing this up is there was so much more socialization before cell phones, mm -hmm. before social mm -hmm. media, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the key. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, you're, you're, you're onto something there, and I'll say it. So social media is it's kind of a double-edged sword because you have – I'm on social media. I'm sure you are too. I mean, and, and the thing about it is there are only so many patients that I can see in a day. But I, I can go on Instagram and I can post a video and, uh, you know, offer insights about mental health and offer tips about how people can – uh, improve their mental health, but there's also a lot of misinformation on social media, and you know you see these days a lot of people are just glued to their their phones, and that oh, can yeah. interfere with sleep, and that can prevent us from actually having real life interactions with the people around us. So it's definitely something that we need to be smart about. And a number only... of years ago, I took a picture. I was standing in uh, I don't want to say the name of the restaurant, but I was standing in a sushi restaurant waiting for my order, and there were probably half a dozen tables where there were people sitting at them, and every right. single yeah. person looking down at their phone. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. there's a human being sitting across from them right. that they could yep. be talking to, but instead yep. they're all looking at their phones. Yeah. And what we, a great we, point, we see, that our, we see that at our homes every day, right? I mean, we're sitting down with our spouses, with our, our kids, with our family members, and it's like no one is talking to each other. We're just glued to our phones. My, my, my family does not do that. 
Yeah. One cool thing about going to visit my family, no, honestly, is that they, they live way out in the country, and yeah. the cell service out there sucks. So there's mm-hmm. not, That's even if we thing. wanted to get on the phone, you've got to, that, you've got to hike like right. a quarter of a mile to get up to the road to get close enough to a tower to actually see what's going on on your phone. Mm-hmm. But not even, even if we did, we wouldn't do yeah. that, you know. Right. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's a good idea to everybody put their cell phones away on Christmas Day. Like maybe just every like I'm going to mm-hmm. ask my girls to put them, leave them, we'll find a spot where we can all put our phones and just stay away from them and actually enjoy the holiday. And, you know, mm-hmm. any know. of your family events, any gatherings? Yeah. Any every night at dinner for crying out yeah. loud, put your phone down. Put your phone down. I agree. Well, you know, um, I, I live alone now, so I, you mm-hmm. know, uh, <laughs> I talk to my dogs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My cats. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And the, I'll tell you what, a dog is a great uh, remedy uh, to love on a dog and get that love back from an that's, animal. That, that's just such a that's, such a pure form of love. Do you think, Dr. Brown? That's what I, that's what, that's what I was going to say, too. I mean, I, I live with my dog. and Pets can be a great uh, source of mental health. Actually, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, um, so if you, if you have a pet, when you pet your dog or your cat, Actually, oxytocin is released uh, in the human brain and in the pet brain, and that's the bonding hormone that can help people feel uh, better connected. So uh, that's a great, a great way to help uh, people who, who live alone feel, feel connected. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and everybody should adopt an animal if they can. There's so many wonderful, uh, wonderful animals out there, uh, beautiful dogs and cats all over this country. You know, I'm looking at the clock and I think we'll go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about self-realization and how, what that has to do with mental health. So everyone stay tuned. More coming up with Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. We're talking about stress during the holidays and strategies to heal your mind. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Children's Health Defense, led by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is devoted to the health of all people and the planet. Their team fights tirelessly against the public health policies, practices, and mandates that are harming our health and threatening our medical freedoms. Children's Health Defense steps in where others fear to tread. Visit childrenshealthdefense.org and tune in every Monday for health freedom news and views with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland. Healthy for the holidays. Make this season a celebration of joy and health with EnviroMedica. Save up to 30% when you buy four items or more. Mix or match your items. Boost immunity with products like Immunoflora or Pastured Beef Liver. Improve gut health with TerraFlora Daily Care, TerraFlora Advanced Care, or TerraFlora Deep Immune. Or take the well-rounded approach with EnviroMedica's Magnesium Lotion Good Night. Or Magnetic Clay Bath for detoxing. Or Pasteurized Collagen Cartilage. Make this season a celebration of joy and health. Healthy for the holidays at EnviroMedica.com. That's EnviroMedica.com. Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi-monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. 
contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. And just another reminder that if you missed the broadcast, you can always go back and listen to the podcast after the broadcast on your favorite uh, podcast app. Okay, so Dr. Um, Dr. Brown, uh, is self-realization that you have an issue with your mental health the first step to changing your mental health? I, I think so. I mean, I think insight is the first step to improvement. And it's important that we're talking about this because a lot of people are struggling with mental health problems without even knowing it. So if you're waking up and you're feeling unmotivated, if you're feeling um, like you need to isolate, like you're not spending as much time around your friends or doing the things that you uh, were once interested in, those can be early indicators that you're struggling with depression or burnout. And uh, in that case, it would make sense to begin to pay closer attention to your mental health. Yeah, I would agree. And you personally suffered from depression, so you know firsthand what it feels like. Can you tell us about your experience? Sure. So when I was in my early 20s, um, I uh, did struggle with depression, and at the time, I'll tell you, Bernadette, I didn't feel comfortable opening up about what I was going through. I didn't feel comfortable talking to uh, my friends or my family or even uh, speaking with uh, a therapist about it. I did go to therapy. I, I've told this story before. In uh, one of those early therapy appointments, I actually walked out uh, of my session. I was just feeling uh, so much shame there, but I'll tell you, um, I was one of the, the fortunate ones, and I, I, I recognize that not everyone who doesn't seek appropriate mental health treatment is able to pull through. And so at this point in my life um, as a psychiatrist, I would definitely encourage anyone who's struggling with their mental health uh, to talk to someone about it. And keep, keep in mind that those conversations may not always go the way that you expected them to go. I mean, there's still a lot of stigma associated with mental health and mental illness. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, I would just say talk, talk to someone else. I mean, keep talking because eventually you're going to um, talk to someone who's going to be willing to listen. Well, and I might just give you a little nugget that helps you get through, you know, uh, and my, when I was in my 20s, I saw a psychiatrist as well. I worked for the family court of New York State, and I had a really good job with really good insurance. And so, and I had really bad anxiety. And so I went to talk uh, with a psychiatrist, and um, she gave me a prescription for Ativan, a real small dosage, mm -hmm. so that I had that when I would get overwhelmed because anxiety can snowball on you really, really fast. Mm -hmm. You know that as a doctor and uh, working right. with all your patients. And, and that helped. And then I, I only took like a couple of months, you know, but it was it was there for me. So I, I knew it gave me like this safety net almost, you know. Um, right. And then also she gave me little nuggets like this. Um, she said that 99.9% .9 of everything you worry about is never going to happen. And so when I would mm -hmm. get real anxious and fearful, I would remember her saying that and I would repeat it to myself, you know. And um, right. I think so many people don't you might you might go away you say oh i don't want to see a shrink or i don't want to waste the money right. it's not a waste of money ever because you have to let your heart bleed you have to let your mind f free get rid of all of the fears that you have in order to grow and just find peace inner peace right 
Dr. Brown? Right. And, and, and just, just, to, just to add to that, I mean, especially when it comes to something like anxiety, I think everyone on this call right now and everyone listening to this conversation has anxiety. Anxiety is like hunger. I mean, it's a normal human experience. Now, anxiety uh-huh. can become problematic when it starts to interfere with our ability to work and connect with people uh, around us and, and get about our, our daily lives. But I think some of this judgment, I think, that we um, pass on other people uh, as well as the criticism that we place in ourselves for experiencing these things that we all experience is something that we need to pay attention to. Preach. Mm-hmm. What? what was that? <laughs> I know. I don't, was that you, Jared? That was me in the background. Oh, okay. I was being I, the peanut uh, gallery. I said, oh. preach. Oh, I did not. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I apologize, I, everyone. I, I, thought, I thought I heard an amen brother back there. I know. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. I love it. I do. And I love talking openly about this. We don't talk about it enough, and that's part of the problem. That's why people isolate. And I'll go back to that experience. When I went first went to a shrink, I was uh, 22 years old, Dr. Brown. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. and I lived in a small town, and, you know, um, and, and the psychiatrist was near the downtown area where I worked, too, in the small town I lived in. And I can remember, like, getting out of my car and make sure no one's looking to see me go in the building and then going down the hall and thinking, Oh my God, I don't want anybody to see me and think. And I, and I too had a, a, for me, there was another stumbling block. I grew up with a brother that was schizophrenic. So I didn't want people Mm -hmm. to think I'm crazy too, because you carry around that fear when you grow up with someone. I think I did anyway. Maybe other people don't with someone who is so severely mentally ill. So, right. I mean, yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. And imagine how far we've come. You have a psychiatrist over here talking about his experience with depression. Uh, radio host talking about her experience. So I think it's I think we've come a long way. We still have uh, a ways to go. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy with, um, you know, the fact that we're talking about mental health now in a way that we didn't used to. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and you're in your book, The Self-Healing Mind, you outline the five pillars of self-care. And so let's go there. Let's talk about what they are. Let's discuss each one. Well, so we have to realize that, you know, many people who want to see a psychiatrist or a therapist aren't able to because it's expensive. Sometimes right. insurance doesn't cover it. So in The Self-Healing Mind, um, I outline five pillars of self-care that anyone has access to, sleep, spirituality, nutrition, breath work, and movement. And these are evidence-based strategies um, that can actually help reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety and might buy you some time until you're able to meet with a psychiatrist. Yeah. Let's talk about the first one, sleep. What are your, what, right. what, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So sleep and, and mental health have a bi-directional relationship, right? So if we're not getting adequate sleep, then our mental health uh, can suffer as a consequence. And if we're struggling with a mental illness like anxiety or depression, for example, that can impact our sleep. So uh, some things that anyone could do is make sure that they're sleeping in a, a cold room. So science actually shows that the ideal room temperature is, is leans on the colder side between 65 and 67 degrees Fahrenheit. If you're having trouble um, you know, getting adequate sleep, uh, we also want to pay attention, as we were uh, alluding to earlier, is, is our screen time, right? Because we know that uh, blue and green wavelengths of light that are emitted from our tablets and smartphones and televisions can actually hinder the uh, release of melatonin. 
in our brains. So we want to try to avoid screen time at least 30 minutes to an hour before bedtime. Mm -hmm. Any other tips? Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, when it comes to uh, getting adequate sleep, uh, we want to make sure also that we're um, practicing good sleep hygiene, right? So that means uh, anything that's stimulating before we go to bed. I mean, some people like to exercise or work out or, or ride their Peloton uh, right before getting in, into bed. It's probably not a, a great idea if you're struggling with, um, with your sleep. And just making sure that we're falling into a, a routine, like doing things that help us wind down at the end of the day. These, these small things, Bernadette, may seem like common sense, but they're backed by science and a little bit goes a long way. Uh-huh. Uh, I was just going to ask you that. Is it good to have a ritual? You know, like, you know, I remember when I was little, we would always kneel beside the bed and say our prayers at mm-hmm. night and, it, and then turn down the bed and then get in and little things like that. And even having your sheets fresh and clean. I got into a fresh right. uh, set of sheets last night. And, oh, my gosh. It was so right. cozy and clean. And it just I don't know. I slept better by something as simple as putting clean sheets on the bed. And I think that making the bed every morning is part of that ritual as well. And as you said, I think there's even there's scientific uh, research or evidence to show that that even makes a difference. That I mean, how many of us, I mean, think about it. We have a ritual. We, we, most of us have a ritual. When we wake up in the morning, right? We'll get up, we'll yeah. shower, brush our teeth, have our cup of coffee before we take the kids to school or whatever it is uh, that we do in the morning. Um, so it makes sense to have one at night, too. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm looking at the clock and we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the other, uh, you know, uh, pillars of health, of self-care and um, and how they can help you heal your mind, your body and your mind uh, from uh, depression and anxiety with Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. The ecosystems of the body and the earth are inseparable. Gut health is the foundation of all health. And just as biodiversity is integral to the health of the earth's ecosystems, microbial diversity and balance are key to the health of your gut microbiome. I have been taking Enviromedica probiotics for over six years now, and I encourage you to try them as well. Rewild your gut with spore-based probiotics and wild-harvested prebiotics. Visit Enviromedica.com and check out all of their excellent products. Get reconnected to the earth with Enviromedica. That's Enviromedica.com. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager, Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, 
president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. Ooh, I like this song. <laughs> Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. He is a board-certified psychiatrist, mental health writer, and author of The Self-Healing Mind, an essential five-step practice to overcoming anxiety and depression and revitalizing your life. Uh, Dr. Greg's mission is to change the way we talk and think about mental health, and that, and that starts with having a candid conversation like we're having today about how mental health affects the way we work, the way we live, and even the way we love. You can find Dr. Brown at Dr. Uh, that's uh, GregoryScottBrown.com. That's GregoryScottBrown.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Gregory S. Brown, MD. Gregory S. Brown, MD. We're talking about stress during the holidays. <laughs> what was that? Oh that wasn't God. me this time. <laughs> That sounded like a hippopotamus or something. Uh-huh. I don't know, or a moose. <laughs> All sorts of noises. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But stress during the holidays and strategies to heal your mind with Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. The first one we talked about was sleep. You have five pillars of self-care in your book, The Self-Healing Mind. So we talked about sleep. Next, let's talk about spirituality. How important is spirituality, Dr. Brown? So this is one of my favorite topics to discuss with my patients. And I'll tell you, uh, typically when you mention the word spirituality, most people automatically think about religion, right? Right. It's important to keep in mind that religion is only one of many forms of spirituality. What spirituality really is, it's about connection. And that could mean connecting with a higher power if you're religious through God uh, by means of prayer. It could mean connecting with your inner self through meditation. It could mean connecting with the people around you uh, through something like altruism, selfless service, or volunteering your time. The thing about spirituality is that it gives us a sense of meaning and it gives us a sense of, of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows us to, to recognize that you know there's more, there's more to life and there's more to the world than um, the things that we're immediately Mm -hmm. conscious of every single day. It can be great for mental health. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree. And I think that nature is a part of spirituality. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, some people find that spending time in nature, there's actually some studies that have have come out uh, suggesting that people who spend uh, more time or intentional about spending time in green spaces uh, actually have reduced stress and anxiety uh, as well. Yeah, no, I, uh, last night I, I was talking to the birds at night. Normally I would do it in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, but I forgot to fill their feeders. I started to break yeah. them down to wash <laughs> them and refill them. So I was out there late last night, you know, it was like 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys. I didn't, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. because some of them live in the trees and then I have beautiful little, little houses that I just installed, um, for the bluebirds. So they have a place to nest and uh, stay warm over the right. winter. I love that. That's my spirituality. Nature, Mother Nature right. is is my spirituality for the for the most part. That's where I I find the most peace on earth. Right. Is it- and the other thing, the other thing, when it comes to being outside, right? So being outside, um, 
you know, when the sunlight hits our skin, that helps convert vitamin D to its active form. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and vitamin D, there are numerous studies coming out indicating that low vitamin D is associated with depression um, as well. So, I mean, spending out time outside in nature is, is great. Mm-hmm. And and with the moon or the soon of the moon and the stars as well. I mean, that's very magical and spiritual. Sure. Last night I was looking up at all the beautiful stars, and it it really does put things sure. in perspective. I think when you're out in nature, about uh, you know right. about many many things. But you know, you said vitamin D, so that I'm going to talk about the medicine on your plate from the five pillars of <laughs> self care. Okay, what's the medicine on our plate, Doctor Brown? So so nutrition. This is this is a huge. Uh, area of interest right now in nutritional psychiatry uh you have institutions like harvard and columbia who are championing uh, championing this and i'll tell you um when it comes to what we're eating you know the omega-3 fatty acids found in oily fish like salmon mackerel tuna you know are thought to help reduce inflammation uh, scientists are learning about the fact that uh, you know not only physical issues like hypertension and obesity are related to inflammation of the body, but mental illnesses like depression, anxiety are as well. Uh, now, this is one of the areas that's actually uh, most science supports that if you're not getting um, an adequate amount of omega-3s from your diet, that supplementing uh, can actually help as well. Um, another thing that's important for us to keep in mind when it comes to nutritional uh, psychiatry is uh, dark leafy greens, so uh, like kale and, and spinach, making sure we're getting our vegetables in. So these help form the building blocks for important neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine that are important for mental health as well. Mm-hmm. So much good information out there, and I love that we're talking about this. If you're just now joining us, we are on the air with Dr. Gregory Scott Brown, and we are talking about his book uh, and how to use these strategies. Uh, His book is The Self-Healing Mind to use these strategies to help you with depression or anxiety uh, overall in your life, but especially uh, during the holidays. Um, and so uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking uh, about the next one, about about uh, movement or exercise, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the British mm-hmm. Medi- Medical Journal just a couple of weeks ago. I read, <coughs> excuse me, that they have classified now exercise as a drug. Uh, and, and people think, a drug? What do you mean a drug? Well, a drug is a medicine or other substance which has physiological effects when ingested or otherwise introduced by the body. That's pretty po- powerful for them to classify exercise as a drug. And you put, talk about movement as one of your five pillars. What would you like to say? I would say, what took them so long? I mean, this is, this is <laughs> common sense stuff, right? I mean, right. the American Heart Association... Here in the United States, is God, for years, been talking about the benefits of moving our body, uh, aerobic activity for cardiovascular health. And, you know, when it comes to mental health, it has similar benefits. I mean, we have to consider when we move our body, we are actually, the science behind it is we're enhancing expression of a protein called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which kind of acts like fertilizer in the brain. It allows our neurons, our brain cells, to communicate with each other more efficiently so that we can optimize levels of serotonin and dopamine, these chemicals in our brain that are important uh, for mental health. I've been told a lot that I have fertilizer in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) 
You might. <laughs> he's you, just, a, you just might, yeah. <laughs> well, he might because he's a, he's a master gardener, so he might, <laughs> along go. with other things. Multi-talented, Jerry Caldwell. Uh, but <laughs> um, I, I, on these five pillars of self-care, this is the, 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 one, the last one of the five, is bringing attention uh-huh. to breath. This is so important. What would you like to say to our audience, Dr. Brown? So each of us takes between twenty and 30,000 breaths every single day. Right. And it's one of the most underutilized uh, tools or medicines, I should say, at at our disposal. Now, it's important to realize that if someone is anxious or they're stressed out, if you just say, oh, relax, just take a deep breath, it's probably the last thing they want to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's important. So it's important that during times when we're not feeling particularly anxious or stressed, that we practice different uh, ways to breathe. And I've outlined some different strategies in uh, my book from box breathing to four, seven, eight breathing, where you inhale for four seconds, hold for seven seconds, exhale uh, for eight seconds, uh, uh, pranayama breathing, which is a form of restrictive breathing. If anyone has ever, um, you know, done a yoga class, it's one of the types of uh, breath work that's taught in yoga. Now, each of these different forms of breathing can have uh, different um, benefits for Mm -hmm. reducing stress and reducing heart rate, uh, for example. And so it's important to practice these different techniques so that when you are feeling anxious, you can tap into them. I, that's true. Very true. And we all need to do more breath work. I completely agree. I love the book, The Self-Healing Mind. Everyone, I encourage you to get a copy of it by Dr. Gregory Scott, uh, Scott Brown. The music is playing. You timed that perfectly, almost like it was pre-planned in an orchestra, that Dr. Brown. That is a Brown. professional. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you so much, and happy holidays to you. And uh, just thanks a lot for jumping on the air with us today and helping our audience And all of us deal with the stress, the everyday stress that we all encounter. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Dr. Gregory Scott Brown, everyone. Go to his website, gregoryscottbrown.com. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. You can self-heal your mind.